podcast. I am Camilla, your high vibe advocate. Give me 15 minutes and I will give you a high vibe world. Wow, so today's topic has literally crashed into me. I wrote it down on my list of topics last year because I keep this list of topics in my notes on my phone. And today I woke up thinking about talking about it. And of course, as it often happens, I got numerous messages from different sources about this exact topic. One of my friends was talking to me saying that he was talking to a girl that he met online and that he felt the need, you know, that she felt the need to apologize for everything, even things that required absolutely no apology. And two of my friends sent me the exact same video on Instagram from a user named Phil Good Life. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him. I had never heard of him. He's pretty good. And this video is about why do we keep being around people who misinterpret us? Why do we keep sticking around in an effort to show them who we really are, but they don't want to hear it because they have already made up their mind about who they think we are and they don't want to hear us at all. They don't want us to explain anything. Why do we waste our energy on that? And he said that it means that there's still some sort of codependency, that some things, you know, there are some things that we don't feel we're worthy of. And that it's like climbing over a mountain and never making it to the other side. It's exhausting. It's a waste of energy. And we need to be around people who actually listen to what we're saying and who actually see us and try to understand us as opposed to the people who are projecting what we're saying, you know? They already know what, how they see us through their filters. And it's interesting because that has always been a struggle for me. This idea of, you know, being misinterpreted and not wanting to be misinterpreted or misunderstood. And not only do I struggle with overly apologizing too, you know, because all the time I'm always writing in emails and text messages and stuff like, sorry for the delay, sorry I didn't see your message, sorry I didn't get back to you, you know, I'm so sorry if this offends you. But I remember that there were actually several different examples on this particular issue in my life. And although, you know, it's hard to talk about them because they're so long, at least the stories are so long, But I basically, I feel like there are two issues here. One is that there are times where we actually lose ourselves in an effort to fit in and in trying so desperately to be liked that we actually become unlikable to the very audience that we're trying to appease. And the other issue is when we are insecure about who we really are and we feel, you know, a need to over explain everything that we do and say because we know that the same action or the same personality trait can trigger numerous different reactions from other people, some which are positive and others that are negative. And no one ever wants to cause a negative reaction. So we try desperately to control the way that others perceive us, especially those whose opinions matter to us. But you know, it's actually, it's easier for me to give examples. And just as I'm thinking about, 
giving an example, I already am feeling the need to explain myself. How interesting. Um, Because my mom listens to this podcast and my mom is my mom, you know, she's comfortable telling me exactly how she feels about everything that I do and that I don't do. And one of the things that my mom wishes that I didn't do here is use myself and my life as examples of things. And she wishes I didn't talk so much about myself because she feels that it gives bad people ammunition against me. And she's very worried and cautious and skeptical, you know, as a person, that's just her personality. So she doesn't want me to get hurt. You know, she wants to protect me, but she also feels it's vain to talk about myself and that no one cares. So this is also her attempt to protect me from other people, whether it's something that they can do against me or how they perceive me or how, you know, you know, to keep myself from being misinterpreted, which is the very topic here. But as I've mentioned to her, the point of this podcast is to share my thoughts and my experiences and bring you guys along for the ride of my life. And where you see, you know, I want you to see that I am a lot like you. I want you to understand that, you know, we are so much more alike than we're different. So me talking about myself isn't because I'm vain or that I think that um, that I'm more important than I really am, but it's it's actually because I want you to know that I also go through the same things as you. That way you can understand and, and you know, believe me when I give you some advice. Obviously, it doesn't work for everybody. Not everybody's the same. But if it's worked for me, maybe it'll work for you. It's an effort to try to help you go navigate the same things that I navigate every day in my life. So now that I have explained myself completely <laughs> in complete contradiction to what the conclusion of this episode will be, let me go ahead and give you examples from my life. So when I was in college, I joined a sorority called Kappa Delta, and I joined it for the wrong reasons. I joined it because they had a house that looked like a castle, and they had the smallest pledge class, so they were the hardest one to get into, so I felt like that would elevate my status as a person. And they were known for being pretty yet non-promiscuous girls, and they had this saying that, you know, they used to say, like, oh, we're the girls you marry, right? And my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, was going to be graduating soon because he's two, two years older than me. So uh, I f- he felt that it would be good for me to have built-in friends and activities to do so that I would miss him as much now that he was going to be back in New York. Well, the thing is, I am not one who likes to be told what to do, to be told that there's rules to follow, to be told that I have to dress a certain way or act a certain way or to be told that I have to be at a certain event from X to Y hours and that I have to interact with people and be pleasant and whatever and I can't say certain things. That's just not, I I don't like anyone to boss me around. And pledging and joining a sorority is exactly that. It's especially the sorority that I was in, you know. And by joining a sorority, um, you basically are accepting those terms. And by the way, this is nothing against them. I think that they're great. It was just simply that Greek life was not for me at all. And I'm one of those people of, you know, I have very few friends, uh, but they're great friends. They're friends that are real friends. And I'm mostly a homebody, you know. I like low-key activities, and I have a hard time hiding my feelings, which is very important when you're trying to recruit people to join a sorority and stuff. But at first, I wanted to try and fit in so that this would work out, you know. So I, I forced myself to be present at events, especially the ones where, um, you know, with the pledge class and the little group activities that they would do, yada, yada. Anyhow, one day, one of the girls said that they, you know, so she had this idea that why don't they all get together and come up with a letter or poem for our pledge mom as a thank you. 
And for those of you who don't know, pledge mom is just this person who's like assigned to the pledge class and she just kind of like functions as a guide, basically transitioning you from non-Greek life to Greek life. And I had actually already written her a letter on my own that I planned on giving to her at the end of the year, thanking her for, you know, the time that she spent, you know, guiding us through the process and stuff. And in my mind, writing something together with a group would take forever. And I really didn't want to be there that long. So I decided to suggest to the girl whose idea it was, why don't they all just read what I already wrote and see if, <laughs> if we can use my letter and just change the I or me to we or us. And, you know, then we can all pitch in for the gift and that's it. Well, I knew inside of me as I was saying it, that it was a stupid thing to say because, well, objectively speaking, how self-absorbed does that sound, right? Oh, use my letter that I already wrote because it's great. We don't need to, nobody has to give an input. But I didn't mean it like that at all. I literally just wanted to simplify things for everyone, including myself. And I figured that, you know, we all shared the same sentiments anyway. So what the hell? But my gosh, the girl's face said it all like it was so judgmental she looked at me with a face that I just knew exactly how she felt about me and she just said you know definitely not gonna do that and, and you know what happens when we instantly regret saying something right because we just keep saying more and more things that are all increasingly worse so it's like the classic foot, foot in the mouth scenario and of course from that moment on that girl and her group of friends from the pledge class felt like I was just like you know self-absorbed, like thought I was the center of the universe. So that was bad and it was hard to undo that. Because once you're trying to impress somebody, you're always gonna be on your best behavior walking on eggshells and you're not yourself and it always comes across as fake, you know? And then there, there's, there were numerous times where I felt like I had to explain why I, I was like, for example, in Maxim Magazine's uh, Hometown Hotties contest, I was in it like back in 2012, like. You know, I was in the 2013 edition, so why, and I also like, I, I don't know, I, I, I feel like I have to explain why I post pictures on Instagram in my bikini, or why I, I do these jokes, or like, you know, sometimes are like, kind of um, superficial things that I do that I, I find to be superficial, right? So, at the same time, I feel like people just won't take me seriously, or they won't like me as much if they perceive me as superficial or self-absorbed. And then I go on these long allusions to how bodies are like gardens, which I do believe, by the way, and that there's nothing wrong with proudly displaying our flowers that we work so hard to keep beautiful in our garden. So why should our bodies be any different? Um, and I feel the need to explain that when I did Maxim, I was you know, at a crossroads and that I am so much more than just a show off, that I have depth. I mean, come on. Do I really owe anyone any explanation for anything? Of course I don't. None of us do. But we care so much about people's filters and how they choose to see us. We hate being misunderstood or misinterpreted. But it's inevitable because as I said from the beginning of this podcast, not just this episode, but literally last year when I was talking about our tribe. Not everyone is our tribe. And we need to find our tribe and choose to surround ourselves with them. It's exhausting to waste our energy asking why someone doesn't see the full picture of us. Why they don't take the time to get to know us completely. And understand who we are beyond the post or short-lived experiences you know, that, that they have with us. You know, so that they truly see us, who we really are. 
Of course it sucks not to be loved or admired or understood or seen or heard, just like I said in my last episode, you know, here. But at the end of the day, the people who we are working so hard to educate about ourselves, um, they also owe us nothing. Not even an explanation as to why they don't care and why they don't want to hear us and why they don't want to see us and why they don't, you know, they don't want to know who we really are. And it takes a lot of mental strength. But we need to know how to simply move past it and accept that we won't always be loved and that that's okay. Because after all, as Winston Churchill so famously said, you have enemies? Good. That means you've stood up for something sometime in your life. And I go beyond that to say that what you stand up for should be your authentic self. You don't have to necessarily just have enemies, but also simply non-admirers, people who don't remember you exist, who feel you're not worth their time. And that's excellent because it means that you also get to see who is truly worth yours. You have only, you know, one life to live and you're the only one who gets to live life in your body and with your mind and your feelings. And that's an amazing honor. Never apologize for being you. And that is all we have for today. Thank you for being with me and listening to me and for being a part of my journey. I am Camilla, your High Vibe Advocate. Looking forward to your outreach at highvibeadvocate.com and your follow on Instagram at highvibeadvocate. And as always, looking forward to our next meeting right here on my channel. See you next Wednesday.